Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Incomparable, number 695, December 2023. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I am your host, Jason Snell. This is an episode sort of, it's our holiday episode, I think. I think that's what we'll call it. Uh, I have decided it will be a draft, and I will. I have decided that it will be a draft of toys. What are the rules of the toy draft? The only rule is that there are no rules of the toy draft. Let me introduce our panelists who are going to draft toys, whatever that means. The movie toys? Uh, sure, if you want to. Uh, Monty might do it, uh, but we'll get to him in a minute. I'm going to read, uh, all, introduce all these people in the order in which the uh, random.org website told me to introduce it because I do everything random.org says. Shelly Brisbane will pick first. Hi, Shelly. Hello. I'm brought to you by Whammo. Excellent work. <laughs> Lisa Schmeiser will pick second. Hi, Lisa. Hello. I have no witty toy it's tokens. Okay. I wasn't allowed to there's watch ten, TV as a child. There's <laughs> 10 people on this podcast, so that's just fine. <laughs> Kelly Gamont is also here. Hello. Hi. Glad to be here. Moises Chuyan is here. Hello. He'll pick fourth. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to all of the rules and respecting all of them. Uh, great. David J. Lore, <laughs> fifth. I, I will not be picking all of Barry Levinson's toys. Just Robin Williams. Okay. Uh, you you got how many picks? Well, there's 10 people, so probably not very many. Uh, Chip Sutterth is also here picking sixth. Hello, Chip. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Mm. I got a catchphrase in. Good <laughs> job. Uh, actually, higher than you would expect because I'm convinced random.org doesn't like him. Monty Ashley is picking seventh. Hello. Uh, <laughs> hi. Are we out of time yet? Almost. <laughs> uh, but before no, we I'm go. I'm sorry, there isn't time. Philip Michaels is picking after Monty. Hi, Phil. So I, I want to clarify some of these rules uh-huh. that I've heard so much about. <laughs> yep. um, what about misfit toys? Are misfit toys <laughs> acceptable? Uh, yes, yes. Only if you were on an island at the time. Who wants a Charlie in the box? Oh, I tell mm. you. Yeah, that's true. Annette Weirstra will pick next to last. Sorry, Annette. That's okay, but just remember, batteries not included. Mm. Oh, uh, and I, as your host, will pick last, uh, but not least, because there are so many toys out there, so <laughs> many toys for us to choose from, and now we're going to pick them, because again, that's it. That's the whole concept. I thought, hey, we've <laughs> run out of ideas. I mean, by we, I mean I. I've run out of ideas for holiday episodes. What can we do? And I thought, toy draft. Toy draft. Let's just do it. It's on my list of possibilities. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. I don't know what will happen. Um, <laughs> and it sounds a little bit like I don't care what will happen. It might be true. I just think good things will happen. And that's all that matters. Shelly, you're up starting our first round of the inimitable Classic, never to be duplicated, probably <laughs> incomparable toy for draft. safety reasons. Go, for go. Safety. The first annual inimitable, never to be repeated. I was going to say, I was not going to say first annual. I knew somebody would eventually. 
It's inaugural. <laughs> yes. Okay, We've done it's this. inaugural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Soon, Hail to the Chief will play, and there will be bands and parades and all sorts of things. Pardon the turkeys now before they rise up against you. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, despite the fact that I don't expect to have more than a couple of picks, I have chosen a theme for the evening. I actually chose two, and at the last moment, I've picked the one that I will use. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. Uh, but my toy is the Easy Bake Oven, because in <gasps> fact, you, you can make things Jelly. that are delicious with an Easy Bake Oven. There was one in my home. It was not mine, but it was... Um, there and I was actually surprised at how big it was when it arrived on Christmas morning for not me. Uh, and you make these little tiny cakes that are, you know, like four inches in diameter, uh, but it takes a very large plastic white appliance to do that, which for some weird reason got to live in our bedroom, my sister's bedroom and mine. And um, I will just always remember that giant easy bake oven taking up a lot of space, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Chocolate cake when you're 10 is fun. So was it was it co-branded with something or was it just its own brand, the Easy Bra- Easy Bake The oven? one we had was just its own. I think okay. they might have done co-brandings at some point. but I think th- there was a Betty Crocker co-branding at one point. Oh, you know, you may yeah. be right. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it came with a couple of little boxes of cake mix, mm. right? And they probably oh, it did. did. Yeah. It did also shift from uh, company to company over the years. So. Hot inside yeah. information. Uh, when Harry <gasps> Potter came out, Hasbro pitched we want the toy line, and one of the things they pitched was Easy Bake Cauldron. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> Loved having an Easy Bake Cauldron. That yeah. would have been a new, a new generation of children with singed fingers. I love that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, the Easy Bake Oven, now correct me if I'm wrong, too, I, I believe the heat source was just a light bulb? It was a, it light, was a light bulb. bulb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the bulb was below and very, I can't remember what wattage it was. I was trying to remember. They were fairly small bub- bulbs, but a decent wattage and it was below and you had a little rack that, you know, cooked the little cake that you had right above it. And so, and it was very bright as well. So because they sure. didn't shield the bulb, <laughs> you know, visually. <laughs> so it's this big white thing with a big white bulb in it. And uh, I can't remember how long it took. It didn't take very long to cook because kids are impatient. But yeah. uh, beware of the light bulb, because that'll burn you. Where do you even get an incandescent bulb in this day and age to put in a toy for a Harry Potter mm-hmm. they movie They still make tie-in. them for inside mm-hmm. ovens, for example. Mm-hmm. You can't put in a plastic LED bulb. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. true. That's right. Yeah. Um, I am amused by the idea that uh, a toy for you to have fun with, and the fun to be had was making tiny cakes. <laughs> Labor. <laughs> like, how is yes. that not adorable? It's the thrill of being able to eat snacks in your bedroom. It's true. Exactly. It's true. Mm-hmm. You make your that's, own snacks. That's what, one of the things I remember most about it. I remember knowing my mother as I do, I did not expect that she would allow my sister to keep it in our bedroom. And she did. <laughs> and that was like the joy for me. And I was like, can I make one now? Can I make one now? And <laughs> You were getting away with something. Oh, my oh. gosh. All right. The Easy Bake Oven is the first pick in the inimitable, <laughs> inaugural, never-to-be-repeated... Interminable. Incomparable toy draft. Lisa Schmeiser, it's your choice. What is your toy draft selection? The old-school, 1970s-style Play School Bristle Blocks. And oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. This is going to definitely be like a reference lost on younger listeners. Um, <laughs> for the uninitiated, these were a set of brightly colored plastic blocks. Uh, you had one giant cube and a bunch of small cubes and different lengths of rectangles and wheels. And they were 
basically like the shapes were kind of surrounded with little soft plastic spikes and thus they could interlock or mesh and you could make like crazy vehicles or weird houses or funky people but <laughs> it was also a toy where it was really satisfying to play with it with something else like I loved pressing bristle blocks into clay to make patterns yeah. or or like silly putty and 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 then you know use the resultant gross textures to 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 wrap around my barbies um it really is what they call like an open-ended play toy and i believe the bristle block brand has gone through multiple acquisitions but if you can get your hand on some of the og 1970s ones they hold up really well and they're still really fun to make stuff with mm -hmm. i have no experience with this at all i think mm -hmm. this <gasps> is unfamiliar oh, to me at wow. all wow yeah. Yeah, we, we had them in our kindergarten class. Mm. Those in Lincoln Because we had that's, these little interlocking styrofoamy blocks, but I don't think that's what you're talking about, something that's a little has yeah. more kinds of pieces. Because the ones I remember just interlocked and they were rectangular blocks with like three uh things on top that interacted with the holes on the bottom of the next one. No, they're like, what if someone took hedgehogs and made them geometric and primary colored? Like Yeah, they clung to each other kind of like, like Velcro. Velcro. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I remember yeah. these. They're yeah, so they're like the, the hook side of hook and loop, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Velcro. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Etsy, for calling yeah. them vintage and antique playsets, as I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> but what was interesting about yeah. like the little rectangles and the squares is you'd have one row, you'd have one double row of the little, of the little, um, pegs or spikes on one side and then a single row on the other and that way you could interlock the different pieces and oh mm -hmm. my gosh it was a great day when i discovered you could also interlock them at 90 degree angles in addition to just straight up and down they were fun they were also good brushes for your other toys <laughs> oh nice <laughs> <laughs> you could use them to brush barbie for sure like the long skinny yellow blocks would have been great yeah. for that with like um, the one or two rows on the on the the mm -hmm. rectangle yeah those yeah. were the ones you can make your yeah. own no. Fun with play school yeah, no, like All I right, <laughs> very nice. Uh, let's move on to Kelly Gamond. What's your pick? I have something that honestly, even though only two people ended up ahead of me, I'm really surprised did not get uh, picked previously to my opening, and that is the Speak and Spell. That giant orange slab of plastic and that mechanical voice. And I had one I loved so, so much. It went everywhere that I was allowed to have it with me, uh, which means I wasn't allowed to take it to church, but otherwise it pretty much went every place else except the bathtub. Um, I loved it so much that, in fact, uh, when I was an older person and discovered that there was a record in the world that was called Speak and Spell, I bought it. And that's how I became a huge Depeche Mode fan. So... Um, <laughs> I loved this toy so, so much as a kid, went through so many nine volt batteries, and uh, I just thought it was uh, the greatest thing when I was a kid. So, you know, it's really not all that surprising that uh, I ended up sitting in front of other screens and other things that tell me what to do <laughs> now, but... Um, it was uh, my, my first experience with a computerized text-to-speech right where there was an actual device that yeah. had a computer voice that would be like mm -hmm. n b l e mm -hmm. in this very weird kind of aggressive robot voice mm -hmm. yeah it, it was, was the first it was the first educational toy that i ever got angry with because <laughs> i spelled i was the first of many I, 
I, I, as a precocious kid, I spelled mustache with an O, but there weren't <gasps> enough letters in it. So okay, Niles Crane, and it said mustache <laughs> without an O, and I was mad. Ooh, no, you were right, Chip. Yeah. I don't think I don't think people are picking it because most of us know how to speak and 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 also mostly spell. <laughs> Wild true. I don't need that toy anymore. <laughs> I still need the oven. I've got to eat, man. But I don't need to. Know and those little blocks, to... of course, come in real handy too. Yeah, exactly. yeah. cleaning things. I want, I want the 21st century version. The speak and auto. The speak and autocorrect, where you speak <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> There's a um, so he, uh, um, Martha. I, there were periods of time based on the vagaries of of school bus schedules. And I think piano lessons where I I was sometimes on the school bus for a very long time. And I have very mm. distinct memories that there was this girl who lived, you know, 25 minutes into the into the ride and she had a speak and spell on the bus. And I just had this really memory of being completely blown away by the speak and spell for that, that mm -hmm. 25 minute duration before she got off the bus. And, and, and uh, the, yeah, the very high quality, what yellow and orange color scheme on top of it. Yeah. I mean, it was mm -hmm. the, a time. It was a very particular mm -hmm. time. With, Honestly, with I'm surprised. Mm. Yeah. A little bit of blue. Um, I'm surprised there has, I mean, and maybe it exists and I just haven't seen it, uh, that somebody didn't make something like this as like an iPad app where you push on the buttons and it reads to you in that weird flat, but yet also aggressive robot voice. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. It may, may exist. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Speak and spell a classic. Uh, it's in the archive now or whatever we're calling this thing. Moises, it's your <laughs> turn. What do you have? I'd like to uh, break us into an area of toys that we haven't touched yet. Um, that was that was a big deal to me as a kid who grew up in the eighties and nineties, um, and uh, and that is action figures. And <gasps> in recent years, action figures have taken leaps and bounds forward with the help of all kinds of computer guided stuff, three D printing, uh, automation. Um, where you can go to the store and for 25 bucks, you can get something that, that has honestly a pretty realistic likeness of a movie actor that just played them in some movie that everybody is waiting until it hits Disney plus to see. Um, <laughs> there are forebears to these toys, pioneers, if you will. Uh, I was born in the year that return of the Jedi came out. I have selected a toy that came out the year before I was born, but because of the way that waves of action figures worked, they didn't turn over every six months like they do now. You could get it five, six years later, they were still producing these things, especially when they were part of an incredibly, incredibly popular franchise. Um, <laughs> and no, I'm not, I'm not talking about Wondar, the Wonder Bread mail order special toy <laughs> that was really just a, uh, a repainted He-Man. But instead... <laughs> Because I couldn't get the original He-Man, uh, I could only get Battle Damage He-Man by the time <laughs> I was collecting these. You know who I could get from the first wave of Masters of the Universe action figures from 1982? Skeletor. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> I, I saw that coming. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, and and uh, I, I chose this not just because look, this is a festive episode. We're celebrating the incomparable. We're having fun with friends, mm. but really, this was one of my favorite, most foundational early uh, toys. Because even though they were reprinting from the same mold and just repainting a lot of the same body parts on on all the male figures, 
um, this guy was spooky. This guy was mm-hmm. weird. This guy, my mom didn't know if I should be allowed to have this toy yeah. because he has a skull for a face mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> somewhat demonic. Could be, could be my a bad influence. My mom had the influence. same debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When my brother wanted one really badly. Scary. Yeah. Not wholesome. There are those who say that He-Man is his enemy, but um, uh, that that uh, that that number definitely includes me. Uh, it, it's not that Skeletor is He-Man's enemy; it's He-Man is Skeletor's enemy. And mm. and now I've said it, so now it's it's there for Can. time immemorial. Yeah, yeah. Skeletor action figure. For a second, I thought you were going to take all of Star Wars figures, but no. <laughs> I was <laughs> very. I I stated in Slack before we started. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not picking. You're not going to be that guy. Any, I'm not going to be, be that, that guy. guy. I'm not going to be that guy. All right. Uh, David, it's your turn to be uh, maybe that guy, maybe a different guy. What do you have? Is it, <laughs> is it all of dolls? Well, as tempting as that is. <laughs> um, I am going to go into action figures, though. Good. And and this actually... Dolls for boys, as we well, used to call Well, this literally that. was, you know, the core of this was the argument, are action figures dolls? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're totally dolls. <laughs> of course. Because... Um, this, what, what I'm going to pick is the Mego 1973 edition, 73, 74, Mr. Scott from Star Trek, because okay. that's pretty um, specific. It yeah. is very specific. There's a reason. Specifically. I'm here. Yeah. Chip is our designated, uh, noter of specificity. <laughs> so, so, so Chekhov is still on the board then. Yeah. Chekhov is totally still on the board. Okay. You know what? Right. There, cause there is no 1973-74 Chekhov figure. They never well, made Sulu our, and Chekhov. Well, I feel like an Chekhov's ass, action figure doesn't but exist is what you're saying? It doesn't exist. He doesn't what? go off until act three. <laughs> he just sits there. He doesn't do anything. Sulu does something. But Chekhov, come on. <laughs> they they did finally make them yeah, like three or four years ago because Mego is back in business after decades. But the reason the reason I picked Mr. Scott is because uh, and we we published an article on this in Glenn's magazine way way back um, when I was little. One Christmas, my grandparents got me uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, and the Enterprise playset, mm-hmm. but they couldn't find Mr. Scott. Because they made fewer Mr. Scotts than any any of the others, and uh, I can I can give you a link to that story because it it is a story. Um, all these years, Mr. Scott has been my rosebud, my my white whale. Mm. When I go to toy <laughs> conventions, when I go to to collectibles and hobby stores, that's what I look for, and and I have seen him. I've seen the vintage 1973 edition. Hi, Scotty. Know, 400 bucks and i'm not paying that you know so flash forward to two years ago a dear friend of mine found one of the new edition migo scotties which which are from the original molds right and they're considering it's the early 70s they are pretty good likenesses of all the characters all the actors and i was so excited because you know my playset and action figures have been stored at my dad's house for all this time and I call him up. I say, I finally have Mr. Scott. And he goes, what? I said, Scotty from Star Trek. And he goes, yeah, I know Star Trek. What are you talking about? I said, now, now you can send me the playset and send me the figures because I can put them all together. I finally have the crew. And he goes, that was yours? And I said, oh, oh, no. was? Oh. 
And it was the end of Toy Story 3 all over again, except I didn't get to give them away. (laughs) The only thing I had left from the doll museum in my childhood. He thought, years after my mother had passed away, he somehow forgot, having lived with us for years, somehow forgot that that was mine and thought it was hers. And... And so he gave it to a friend for their child who loves playing with Star Trek. So there's a great gift of the Magi thing here that now, (laughs) after all this time, I have Mr. Scott and I don't have any of the rest. Oh, that's David. So sad. I know, right? Right? I'm shaken, honestly. Wow, David, way to kill the mood. (laughs) I'm I'm going to reference now. That that was a moment that is up there with, uh, you you have to go all the way back to episode, yes, 16 (laughs) of The Incomparable, (laughs) when Dan tells the story about his beloved Transformer, and they stopped like by the side of the road or on a bridge or something, and he took it out of the car with him, and then he... I guess set it on the side of the road as a, like as part of the play, and then got back in the car, leaving the transformer there. It may be there still, <gasps> playing with oh. all of David's Star Trek action figures. <laughs> Some Toy oh, Stories man. are sad stories. Uh, uh, so oh. let me let me lift it up a, real quick. Uh, I had that same Enterprise uh, bridge set and the act and the figures that came with it. The best thing about that was the uh, transporter gimmick, uh, a rotating phone booth like kind of thing that had a slot that you put the figure in. It was double sided. You spun the dial really, really fast. The stickers on either side of the phone book would flash past, making it look like a transporter effect. You press a button, it stops on the other side, and <gasps> it's empty. It's They're gone. So I had, uh, and I know I've told this story before, but I'll just do the short version of it here. I had Kirk and Spock action figures, the Mego action figures, which were much taller than you're thinking. They were they were, they were about <laughs> eight to nine inches. Yeah, I think they were eight inches. They're, they're more like dolls. They yeah. really were more like dolls. Yeah, and in are. fact, they were on the same scale as Barbie figures. And I say that because, of course, uh, I didn't have almost very cl- close enough that although I never had the Enterprise place that I did have the Tonka Indian Winnebago RV motorhome camper toy, which <laughs> was which was made for Barbie. It was the Barbie Winnebago. Um, and Kirk and Spock had all sorts of Winnebago adventures together, exploring strange <laughs> new campgrounds. Yes, yeah, see, we, we had in, in the museum, like my grandmother, this is part of the story that's published. Um, my grandmother bought me the gift and then wanted to put it in the museum where I could look at it. Rude. It would be It would be with the contemporary <laughs> figures, but you can look at it. My mother said, no, but she did have, you know, a bunch of Barbies and G.I. Joes and sets and all that. And so I would take them over at play. And so that's, that's how I know the relative sizes. So, yeah, but it totally worked. They would totally fit yeah, in the Barbie place accessories. Yeah. Yeah. G.I. Yeah. Joes fit as well, which I know because yeah. we had G.I. Joes and Barbies in my house. And the Barbies actually were slightly taller than the G.I. Joes, which I enjoyed. I like that the woman is like yes. you know, maybe an inch taller or whatever, mm-hmm. half an inch maybe. She's statuesque, really. And, I, and, I and we'd put them well, in the Barbie camper or beach house, uh, not beach yeah. house, uh, beach, beach bus thing that we had. Good stuff. And I, I am not picking him at all tonight, but I am looking at a 1972 G.I. Joe sitting across the office for me. Okay, David's white whale, Mr. Scott. Everybody else is gone, but Scotty <laughs> remains. Uh, okay. It's on the board. Chip, it's your selection. What do you have? All right. Uh, I'm continuing in this nostalgia world. Um I uh I am picking a, a a toy that I didn't have because my parents house, my grandparents house, 
gravel driveways. This was absolutely useless in a world of dra- gravel driveways. But if I went to church or the playground and if somebody had it, if I hadn't a chance to uh, play with it, I thoroughly leaped at the opportunity to tear across that uh, basketball court or whatever and then pull the handle at the right rear wheel and spin out. I am speaking of the 1970s big wheel. Yes. I can see the commercial even now. I love the big wheel. I was entirely too big for it when I started riding it, which everybody told me. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to ride this. And I looked ridiculous. (laughs) And did you care? Not a bit. No. Right? Yeah. (laughs) The genius of the big wheel was that uh, I'm, I'm convinced that they added this uh, handle in the 1970s. Big Wheel was created in 69. I'm convinced they added that handle in the early 70s as a safety feature. I don't know, a break. And it doesn't break. It doesn't yeah. stop. It <laughs> oh, just no. creates this uh, wild Fall Guy spin-out kind for, of thing. For those who don't know, the Big Wheel but the big wheel is a little plastic tricycle. That's what it was. Molded plastic tricycle. Molded plastic tricycle. So cool. Yeah. And very, very low to the ground. Bright which colors, is extremely low to the ground. Really low. That, yes. that just made it more risky because you, you can right. scheme your hand along the asphalt. Yeah. Baby's first chopper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you why the handle exists because my big wheel didn't have one. And I used to put the pedals in the same place every time I would peel out. And so it didn't take long before you could hear me coming because one of the wheels had a flat side. I loved the streamers on the handles. That, like, yeah. Did you guys yeah. have those with the I little plastic streamers too? I think those came off too? of the one, because my best friend had one. I didn't have one. And she lived in an apartment complex, which meant we had a giant parking lot to uh, dangerously careen from one end to the other. And nice. I don't remember the streamers, but it's entirely possible that they fell off or something. For those who don't know, in, in the 70s, molded plastic was a... A a, co- a common like a staple of toys, and the <laughs> was great the carbon, thing about the carbon of toys, it yeah, was where the all great of thing them about came from. <laughs> molded plastic was it really could be any color, including lots of bright colors. So you would have sometimes you would have variety. There would be like the one that everybody knows is red and blue or whatever, but they could they could be like oh it's the GI Joe one and it's green because it's really just e- extruding a different color of plastic. <laughs> it's not that big. Yeah. Yes. And it lasts, for, and it's not painted, so it doesn't. The paint doesn't come off. It's just right. plastic forever, even as it wears. Okay, big wheel. The big wheel chosen by Chip specifically. Um, Monty, your turn. You are, let's say, eight or nine. You are in your grandmother's house, which is in Michigan, which is a state you do not live. Story story checks out so far. You want something fun to do because all mm-hmm. of the adults are ignoring Can- you, and you find this device. It's red plastic and has a button on it, and that's the controls. And in front of the button is a obelisk sort of thing that just rises up, and it's full of water. And there are these rings inside it, and you push the button, and a little jet of water shoots you out and moves me. the rings. It's called a waterfall, and I loved it. The waterfall ring toss. I was so good oh, at it man. because I was so left alone good. for so did you, long. Did, I had the one where if it had like a um, a swordfish, so you had to get the rings on the swordfish, and as you pumped and the air went up through the water, it would make the swordfish go back and forth, which made it even 
more challenging. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Tomy. Tomy yeah. made cool toys. Yeah. And the Monty, the for me, it's a visceral memory. You press the button and there's this swish. Yeah. Swish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Swish. I can feel the way that those buttons felt. Cause you could yep. I use it yeah. so much. I got so good at it. I would like because there were these two uh, poles and the rings mm-hmm. were different colors. Right. So yeah. you would like pump the ri- the button quickly to get a little swirl going. And then once the ring you wanted was on top, then you would push it hard and it would go out. It was a yeah. real skill-based game. I mm-hmm. loved it. Hours of, quote, fun, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you laugh, Monty, but I swear we've been, you know, we've been dancing in nostalgia all night but you just weaponized it for me those things were <laughs> yes. all over the place when i was a kid oh yeah dentist waiting yeah. rooms doctors <gasps> waiting rooms yep. oh yes that's that's always mm-hmm. where we saw them for sure mm-hmm. for sure and and it was a toy in the truest sense of the word because you know you i mean you could win i guess but like it was it was just a a, a thing to pass the time there was no it didn't yeah, do there's anything. there's no learning. You're not making anything to eat. You're just sitting there doing this. <laughs> there's no chocolate cake at the yeah. end of sort a of like round a puzzle. of swordfish swishy things. Yeah. <laughs> well, it became a challenge. Like, could you get two of the same color onto sure. the spindle? Or could yeah. you get all of one color on the spindle without getting the rest? And yeah, I mean, yeah. you made up your own games. Yep. Absolutely. That's a good one. Wow. That brings back memories. That's incredible, Monty. Good job. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Wow. Phil, it's your turn. You know, we're all talking about tonight um, toys that we either had as a kid or admired as a kid. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with toys that I was denied as a kid because my parents may have been Lutheran, but when it came to gift giving and toys, they they adopted a very Buddhist approach to life. So, <laughs> oh poor Phil. Oh, no. Everybody else goes with love, and Phil no. goes with resentment. Yes, <laughs> no, very much so. Thank you. On brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, extremely so. In the th- in the third grade, I had a friend. He was uh, he was. Was a te- he was he, he was vaguely European. Really loved soccer, <laughs> and he showed me a catalog once for a toy. I, I bet no one will know what this is, but our our, our British listeners uh, of a certain age will know. It's called Sabudio. Sabudio, the tabletop football game or mm. soccer, and you have little figurines, and they have brightly colored soccer shirts, and there was a ball that was actually bigger than the players, and you would use the little <laughs> players to, to kick it down the, the, the green felt pitch, and oh boy, you know what else you could do? You could order parts to make your own Sabudio Stadium, and I have never known covetness until I saw those <laughs> stands that you could link together, and the they, they even made little light standards that you could put in your stadium. There was a scoreboard and you could press a button and the crowd would chant Sabudio, Sabudio, which is like building a baseball stadium and having the crowd chant baseball. (laughs) But still, I uh, wish that I had a Sabudio set and um, I did not. And um, now I would like one. So please give me my Sabudio. All right. (laughs) It became a letter to Santa in there, in the middle. Yes. I have never heard of this thing. I, I I spelled it in the chat for Jason's needs doing the uh, doing I the show no notes. Yeah, and, and you can go to sabudio.com. Yeah, and, you can. And in, 
In fact, the iconic <laughs> table football game has been reborn. It's a little bit disappointing they don't have quite the accessories they had back in Sabudio's heyday. Whoa, whoa, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. They have a VAR TV, man. They have a VAR TV. <laughs> this is this is cutting-edge toy work right here, if you ask me. <laughs> Sabudio never went out of style. Clearly. Vaguely European, Phil. I have questions Vaguely about European. that. He was from away, is what you're saying, but you don't really well, know and, where. And, and Phil, well, Phil, Phil led with, I had a friend in third grade, and I went, well, it's good that he had one. Yeah. <laughs> he was the little Italian kid, maybe? I don't know. He's vaguely European. Spanish? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's What was his name? Vaguely European. Uh, Tony. His name was Tony. Tony. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell us anything. That's just Amer- no. <laughs> Americanized. Don't actually... you want to know? Are you a fan of Inter Milan? <laughs> I I remember Sabudio. I I knew of someone course. who had a catalog like that uh, because they were like, I want this too. Never saw one in person. No. But all years later, uh, every time I heard Phil Collins Sabudio, I just yes, sang Sabudio <laughs> instead because there's a toy that's been on my mind all the time. Phil Collins' parents also would not get him a Sabudio set. Right? They to build Subudio. a little stadium. The song makes so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. Right on their front page, it says Sabudio is a classic table football game which remains <laughs> high popularity over the world. Played hmm. by vaguely European children everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, uh, Sabudio, it's great. I've never heard of it before. I love it. I love everything about it. <laughs> Um, I love actually the, my favorite part, Phil, my favorite part is the detail where the ball is much larger than the players. It is very much larger <laughs> than the players. Imagine if that was, imagine if, if soccer, you're like an American and you're like, I've heard that people love this football. That's not like American football all around the world. And you tune in and it's like a bunch of people chasing an earth ball around, right? Yes. It is one of those ball. balls that you crawl into to fall down yeah, the absorb. hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also there's... had to get separate players to do throw-ins and quarter kicks. It was, it's fantastic. Wow. Mm. Amazing. Um, Annette, it's your choice now. It is. I got sniped the first choice, but I was <gasps> confident. Big fan of Sabudio, are you? <laughs> yes, I was. Phil, you did it just before. I was like, that was what I always longed for. No. And that uh, really strikes me as a big Masters of the Universe collector. <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, I had Skeletor. Come on. My choice is from 1978. It is something not only did I have, but I still have. I found it in a box the other day and I have arranged a play date with Erica because she had the <gasps> exact same set as I did. And most of you probably have never heard of this. It's fashion plates. <gasps> oh, my oh my God. God. I fashion plates so much. Exactly. Yes. What you're talking about. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had those because yeah. we did costume design for the dolls. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God, you, David. <laughs> fashion plates. I remember them too. I absolutely remember them. <laughs> I, Explain. Yeah, so I still have my 1978 version. You have all these different pieces that are interchangeable and you can create on the box. It says hundreds, thousands, even millions of fashionable combinations can be created. And it, it's sort of you swap in different versions and then you you flip over the little because pla- it is all still molded plastic. You flip it over and on the back, there's different textures that you can create patterns with. So, mm-hmm. you know, you put that together, hours of fun that Erica and I will soon be having. 
I, and, you know, gender norms and all of that, uh, the Mighty Men and Monster Maker was the comparable version that was yeah. around, oh, yeah. targeted at me. And that was superheroes <laughs> and creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like, wasn't it like three across? So you would change the different three set and then you could like yeah. rub it and it would go on a piece of paper. Yeah. Kind of. Cause you have an option of three or two because there was yeah. like the head, a torso, and then everything from the belly button down. Um, or they had a set of special blocks where it was like the head and a top. So, um, so, so you had a bunch of different permutations on that. Oh my God. And what Annette, um, did you mention how if you flip them over, they have different textures on the back? Yeah. So you could put stripes so you create all or the patterns or floral patterns and um, intricately color them in that way. Oh, fashion plates were the greatest. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, really? And they last forever because I still have it. <laughs> yes. Apparently so, yeah. yeah. Jeez. Hmm. fashion plates oh man that's a great one and again a thing that i i actually do remember and have not thought about in a very it's so satisfying just to rub your pen or pencil or whatever that is and to see the pattern come out right and like feel it kind of come up think about how clever that toy designer was right they're like okay you can there's the effect where you have a rubbing right you have a piece of paper and then and then you could rub on it with a crayon or a pencil or whatever and a and a texture or a shape comes out and then what if we build then a series of shapes that you mix and match and then you can generate that and then you basically created your own thing you can color it in and stuff and customize it further like the, the just from a tactical standpoint that somebody was a toy designer worked through all those details of like how can we make the perfect toy and it's and that will last until the 21st century and it's fashion plates that's the answer <laughs> well and they made many versions of it they, there was like, like a, a whole special bunch of holder for the black crayon that you used to like yep. put the pattern on and then yep. you went to town with the colored pencils and everything else <sighs> yeah it was a whole thing yeah all right um i'm gonna close out the first round we will do at least one more round uh, i hope you've got more toys i'm gonna do the obvious thing that everybody expects me to do uh and it's the micronauts uh it was my favorite toy as a kid they were Microman figurines from Japan that were basically taken and remixed for the American market and the European market, I think, by Mego. Um, I, I uh, in a story not quite as tragic as David's, I, uh, I did save some of those toys in a box that went in a barn that was destroyed by rats. So the ones that I I chose to save, I didn't save. Although then later I found in a junk box in my house, uh, parts of a couple of Micronauts because they were, the whole idea was they were individual toys that were actually made out of interchangeable parts. So that like you could pop the head off of one and put it on a different one, or you have the big robot and you could put an action figure inside because the, the, all the parts lined up. You could turn a robot into a tank, all of these sorts of things. A lot of die cast plastic, some metal, mostly plastic came in many colors because once you've got the plastic uh, molds, you can just have, yeah, this guy's orange and this guy's blue and it's the same guy but the color is slightly different and collect them all kids and my friends and i in first grade or whatever were uh, completely obsessed with those toys and um and i have in the intervening years bought back some of my favorites on ebay so i behind me here i have a biotron and a microtron which were the big robots from that and uh and then somewhere i still have the 
you know, most of the parts of a couple of my original Micronauts from back in the day. And that was in the heyday of Mego, which again, uh, you know, then they went bankrupt. And several and several companies, by the way, because the Micronauts are cursed now, have tried to bring back the Micronauts as toys. Most of them as a part of that process, then went bankrupt themselves. Aww. I guess don't try to make <laughs> Micronauts, do people. Don't, uh, uh, don't uh, do it. A note don't of clarification, it. Jason. W- was it the toys and the boxes were destroyed by rats or the whole barn was destroyed was by rats? Oh, well, that, I, 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 I barn, missed that detail. The barn remains and is a key part of uh, the Motherlode's uh, leading wedding destination. People get married in that barn now. But at the time, that was a place that a bunch of stuff, including my beloved stuffed animals and all those things that were that when I kind of went off to college, got put in a box. And then that box, yes, the, the entire contents of the box were apparently ravaged by rats, although that's what they tell me, uh, as far as I know, it's possible my parents just looked at the box and went like, eh, and threw it away. But I think I'm going <laughs> to choose to believe that it was the rats. They, they, they're they on a farm upstate. They're running around and playing. Yeah, all my Micronauts are playing. They were so all sold fun. to little kids who wanted to play with Micronauts, yeah. and, and uh, it's great. They're playing. They're with David's uh, Star, Star Trek playset. In, uh, well, so- I've I got a little. It's not as sad as the Star Trek one, but you know, Micronauts. The commercials were everywhere. Yes, of course. When they were. when I was little, and you know, I was like, "Ooh, these look really cool!" And they'd show you all the oh, you can take them apart, you can put them together, parts, and yeah. have all these these different tracks and vehicles and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And and I was like, oh, "I want Micronauts! I want Micronauts!" And I and we had the comic books. I could read the comic yes. books. Which which survived long after the toys and the company <laughs> oh, yeah. that made them yeah. went out of business. The comic book continued. And my grandmother bought me one Micronaut figure, mm-hmm. and then we couldn't find them ever again. Yeah. So how sad is it to have <laughs> one, one Micronaut? Yeah. Micronaut. And, and they, and oh, they, no, no. It's, you can't do anything yeah, they with it. It's not sad at all. You fast. do what I did. You integrate them into your Star Wars collection. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. that's I mean, what I was going to say. He, he had other adventures. They, they disappeared yes. real fast. But you and, couldn't and, combine them with anything. And it had some... I think there was a thing there where like they the company went out of business and also the Star Wars stuff was all finally picking up speed and so there was a real transition that happened there. Anyway, those were I, I had two best friends in like first grade and all they were we did Biotron and Microtron. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> and they were they were they were time traveler. I know, and, and it was Crispin Holland and Brandon brought us, and I would we would go over to the, each other's houses with armfuls of Micronauts, and then uh, and 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 oh. just it was it was that is childhood distilled for me. And so was I'm, there a story? Was there a storyline or mythos that you were aware of when you were playing with them, or did you just go with it? No, you're just making things up. You just it's there was no, nothing. There was maybe what was written on the back of the box, like this is obviously a bad guy or this is a good guy. Sometimes it was really unclear whether uh it was a good guy or a bad guy when the comics came out there were some characters who we thought were bad guys that actually the comics said were good guys but um at the time we were just inventing it all on our own which i was part of the i think delight of of those toys is that since they weren't a media tie-in we really were just sort of free to invent who, who they were and what they were trying to do beyond like their names that was all we had what was on the box a uh, very different kind of a thing mm-hmm. than most toys these days, I think, or in the last 40 years when everything's a tie-in, um, except for fashion <laughs> plates and the big wheel. <laughs> and place called Bristlebox. Actually, we haven't had a lot of media tie-ins other than Skeletor. Um, so that's pretty good. Good job, everybody, except Moises. <laughs> Sabudio <laughs> is all media tie. I, I suppose Sabudio is, is literally it's all. Of, it's Mr. Scott, all of soccer. 
Oh no, you're right. Let's you're right, Mr. David Scott. Too. You're right, Mr. David. David distracted me yeah. with his tale of woe, but that's a media tie-in toy, David. <laughs> oh, it's totally a media tie-in. Oh, all right, yeah. okay. I take yeah. it all back. Uh, round yeah, two, Shelly. Here comes my villain streak, Jason. Okay, good, great. <laughs> round two, Shelly. It's your it's your choice. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I, I was very excited when I made my lists to realize that I didn't have media tie-ins because that is the way that I want to live my life, whether I actually do or not. And in any case, uh, so 70s toy commercials, not to be confused with media tie-ins, are definitely important part of how one decides what's out there, what one wants, what one cries to their mom to get. And uh, I remember the commercials of a fine company called Whammo, uh, mm. which produced water toys. And we love water toys down here in the south where it gets hot in the summer. It gets hot in the summer a lot of places. Uh, but unfortunately, my mother never succumbed to our begging for water toys. But my neighbor's mothers did. And uh, we had an empty lot next to our house, so they would bring them and play. And the toy of which I speak now is the water wiggle from Whammo which is basically a weighted sprinkler with a head on it so that when you turn it on, the thing whips around and the, the, it sprays water at you and the, the head is alarming. And um, by the way, it was recalled in 1988, uh, yeah, 78. Yeah. You don't say. Uh, <laughs> most of those toys. I thought you were going to go slip yes. and slide. but uh, um, th- that, that was a combo. The slip and slide and the water wiggle were a combo. Uh, in the, not, in the, not in the sense of sold that way, but in the sense of wanting them. I was like, while you're sure. buying us one, Mom, why don't you get us uh, the water wiggle and the slip and slide? We yes. had the slip and slide. Uh, all, but the water ex- wiggle did not belong to us. Extremely dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Uh, you, you but could, so fun. You could, when, you, when you took a break, you could play some lawn darts, I guess. And right, then go exactly. Back. <laughs> I think I think the water wiggle more dangerous than the slip and slide. The slip and slide could be dangerous. We the 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 lot next to our house did have quite an incline, and we would put the slide on the incline so that not only would the water move us along, but our little butts would you know gravity would help out as well. And uh, no no injuries recorded, but God, we had so much fun. <laughs> All right, the water wiggle. Uh, moving on, wow. Lisa. Oh my gosh, uh, picture it, Christmas nineteen seventy eight. Um, there's only one thing I want, only one thing in the whole wide world. I've actually seen it on TV commercials over at friends' houses, and when I finally unwrap it, it's magic, and it is the Barbie styling head. Oh it was my a, god! It was an uncanny yeah. plastic head and neck descending into a set of impossibly narrow shoulders, planted in a big pink tray. It came with a set of weird wax crayons that were supposed to be rouge and lipstick and eyeshadow, and there were curlers and a spray bottle and little purple plastic brushes and combs, and you could glam Barbie up. You could learn how to apply makeup. You could give her all sorts of hairdos. It looked magnificent on the box. And in practice, after after half an hour playing with it, you had Nancy sponging on your hands. And I loved it passionately. <laughs> it was the greatest toy in the world. Like... I ended up like using bristle blocks as hair ties. Diane, <laughs> 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 bigger than a standard Barbie head or the same size? It's bigger than a standard it's, Barbie head. 
Um, it's like the size of a huge. young. It's gotta be right. A wee That's person's head. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's like the size of a toddler. Size. It's oh, basically wow. like a toddler-sized head, and it's got the hair growing out of it. I don't. I mean. I'm sure Sona Mattel's like, children are stupid. They'll believe anything because there's no way any of these colors were ever going to make a dent in that magnificent tangle no. of, of crazy synthetic fibers that passes for Barbie hair. But it was so much fun to be like, I'm going to give her a curly updo like Cinderella and spend half an hour painstakingly winding the curlers and brushing everything out mm-hmm. and bouncing off the walls and taking them out. And like, they would just kind of, stick out like limp little corkscrews and it's beautiful um oh i loved it i loved it so much and and like i said after after any sort of play it went from being this glossy haired glamorous uh, glamorous toddler head to to to, to nancy spongeon jr and that just made it better because like once their hair had crossed the point of no return you and your friends could then like take magic markers or like the matches a friend had stolen from an older brother and your scissors and just go hot (laughs) wild turning her into a monster yeah and and that's how you wind up with kate mckinnon's barbie it's like you play too hard (laughs) kate mckinnon's barbie was a glamazon compared to how (laughs) how how the barbie styling had looked by the time we were done like we could have been tried like the mattel hague court for crimes Mm. against uh barbie manatee (laughs) for for what we did to those things but oh it was just it's just so great it was it was a chance to be like this is almost the same size as i am what if i were to do something they like this and you practice on the Barbie and it looked mm-hmm. terrible and you had a great time. Oh, the Barbie <laughs> manatee. Um, by the way, Barbie styling had a product still sold. I mean, it's a new version of it, obviously still, st- still sold to this day. I don't think yes. they make a Barbie manatee. We had the mid seventies version, which looked like, you know, your, your modern stereotypical Barbie, but th- we also had one from the mid sixties. That was that early, very severe eye- eyebrow Barbie. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Barbie changed with the times, really but the styling head yeah. perseveres. Yeah. All right, Kelly, your choice. Yes. Okay. So um, I feel like I'm more or less legally obligated at some point to make some sort of Star Wars reference. So I'm doing it here, but I'm going to come at it sideways. So uh, I all I ever wanted in life was Star Wars toys. And uh, being a, a not being a boy in the early 80s when people were buying Christmas gifts for me. I really never got Star Wars toys the way I wanted to. And so uh, what ended up happening was uh, in probably, well, still in the early 80s. um, I just don't remember exactly which Christmas it was. Uh, At some point, somehow, because my brother is four years younger than I am, and he one year got the weeble wobble tree house oh and don't fall down and apparently uh they can live in trees and so <laughs> uh after return of the jedi uh once i had saved up money and all they had left at the pharmacy, which was the only place to buy toys in the wilderness when I was a child, uh, we went to the pharmacy and I went to the back wall and they had one Star Wars toy and I had saved up my money and I cashed in all that money on Chief Chirpa, one of the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi. And where, you may ask, did Chief Chirpa live? Chief Chirpa lived in the trees amongst the weebles. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, that's... 
that's what he had to do uh you know uh <laughs> so was, was this a I combo had. pick an ewok so, living among the weebles in the treehouse <laughs> like i kind of <laughs> feel like it is show on disney plus it's kind of you know uh, we'll watch. uh dances with canceled. weebles like you know <laughs> um uh, well they do dance the ewoks yeah i mean or did they just yeah. call them tweebles yep yep you know uh so that was what you know because i had like my other set of star wars adventures was uh my parents would buy me barbies but i didn't want to play with them because they weren't star wars guys so finally at some point somebody hipped my mom to the star wars uh to the fact that you could get barbie size star wars people and so eventually she broke down and bought me princess leia and so then immediately i played with all the rest of the barbies too because now princess leia just had a girl gang and then they would all create mayhem and they all blew up the death star themselves because i never got any of the others i only ever got princess leia Mm. and so uh like that was what passed for playing barbie at my house when i was a kid because uh, i wasn't really interested in just the barbies until Princess Leia was among them. So that was the original of- treatment for episode seven, Princess Leia's Girl Gang. But <laughs> I would watch that movie. I mean, that I would. would be great. I, yeah. That would yes. have been an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, and I mean, pr- like, Princess Leia is a huge part of who and why I am the person I am today. And so uh, I was always very, very excited about her. But before I was a, before anybody told my mom that, you know, you can get. Uh, Star Wars guys that are Barbie size and then we can all pretend everybody that it's all fine and that your daughter plays with dolls the way she's supposed to which is what people thought at that point Um, I had Chief Chirpa and he lived among the Weebles in Mm. the Weeble the Weeble Treehouse and it looks it it looks exactly. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, Weebles Treehouse. Um, I looked it up. That's what it's, it's like called. The straight up Weebles Treehouse. Yeah. yeah. Weebles were like um, little egg shaped guys. They were, mm-hmm. and that's why they wobble, but they don't fall down. And then there was they an Ewok. A, they had a Winnie the Pooh treehouse as well, the Weebles. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. There was a slide. That one. Was there a slide? There was a slide in one of the treehouses. Like I had a friend who had the treehouse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and there's like it, a little was, swing that like had a crank with the Keebler treehouse, like the Weeble treehouse and the Keebler treehouse <laughs> bear bear <laughs> yeah. some resemblance to one another. So a little bit, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, yeah. I am gonna treasure this thought of uh, a Weeble treehouse with an Ewok living in it. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually, someone gave my brother an Ewok, and so then there were two Ewoks who could live amongst great. the Weebles. So that's yeah. right. I love it. My says it's your turn. Well, uh, after being aggressed for daring to uh, to to uh, to parlay, I withdrew. Uh, I withdrew. Okay, I withdrew all, right. all aggression. I, uh, Dave, it was all I, David's you know, fault. I blame David. <laughs> wow. Okay, fair. I'll accept it. Uh, I'll accept. I'll accept David's full blame. As, uh, as will I. Actually, that's fair. In preparing in preparing for this draft, uh, a lot of a lot of thought went into. Well, what angle do I approach from? How do I do this? I I, I decided I'm going to stick with action figures, and because this is our this is our festive event, um, the the thoughts I have are drawn uh, to my my friends, the action figures, mm-hmm. um, but also that in in discussing things on this show and the various associated shows on the network. Um, you know, we can have people who, who pronounce Princess Leia that way and people who pronounce it Princess Leia, like Grand Moff Tarkin did. 
Um, <laughs> and, uh, and everybody is having a grand old time talking about all kinds of pop culture stuff. And sometimes some weird random bit of pop culture thing will be brought up. And inevitably, thanks to the massive advances in action figure technology, <laughs> there exist action figures of these things. Oh, no. And my thoughts are drawn to the monster cereals. Oh, no. <gasps> because a company called Jada Toys out of City of Industry, California, has made a limited edition run of Booberry, Count Chocula, and Frankenberry action figures. And the Booberry one, which is my actual draft pick, not all of them. I'm not a monster like these monster cereal mascots. <laughs> so you're just drafting. Uh, just drafting. Specifically. Specifically. Booberry. Booberry. I have never been happier. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. glows in the dark. He glows <gasps> in the dark. What? He glows in the dark and he's $20. It's so cool. <laughs> what? Sounds like Peter Laurie, too. Okay. So like, I'm guessing know? everyone on your list is getting one of these. That's an amazing price point for a glow in the dark blue it's cereal so mask. Cool. <laughs> I just found out yesterday I have to be part of a secret Santa. I think I know what I'm getting. There you go. I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm wiping a tear. Mm. Like 15 of these are just going to mysteriously appear at Shea Sutterth in the next C month, Colonel, I feel like. Colonel right? Sutterth wiped a tear as he wrote his letter to his dearly beloved wife. <laughs> Christmas is saved, Miss Shannon. <laughs> Reference acknowledged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Booberry action figure. It's, uh, Specific. it's specifically been chosen. David, your turn. Well, this I, I'm going back to the well of Christmas, uh, and this is maybe, um, I mean, you all know I love Star Trek, but this was maybe the best Christmas present I ever got. Uh, we, I, I think I was about eight, and we went up. This is when we were still with the museum, too. So we were only about 20 minutes from Disney World, and one of the big displays we had in the museum was a collection of about 350, 400 Madame Alexander dolls. And yeah. <laughs> of all the dolls, everyone is like, oh, wasn't it creepy living there? Only the Madame Alexander dolls were a little creepy. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, this is near the end of her life. She, she wrote a memoir and did a book signing at the shopping village outside Disney World. And my grandmother's like, well, we have to go meet Madame Alexander. No, you all don't. Right. No, I, you really I, don't. Yeah, I'm not sure oh, and do. there is a whole story about that. I'll tell you some other time. But as as part of that day, because it was a day long event, there were all these events too. And oh. uh, so my grandfather was like, "Well, I'm not going to sit around for this, and I don't think David's going to be all that interested either." Uh, so we went around and did stuff on our own, and we went to this toy store because, of course, there's a toy store there, and I saw this bear. Turns out I had never heard of Paddington Bear at the time, but they had a whole display of Paddington Bears, and they were by Eden Toys, and uh, I know that a lot of the traditional Paddington Bears either are in like dark, uh, dark blue and red coat and hat, or, you know, sometimes a black hat and a, and a dark coat. These were all yellow hat and sort of a Robin's Egg blue duffel coat. That's correct. And, you know. With mm -hmm. the uh, the tag, you know, please look after this bear. Mm. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the way you find him in the duty free shops coming uh, in and out of Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. just I fell in love with him. And you know, I'm eight. I have no idea. I never never really got into Winnie the Pooh, but this, you know, there was something about the look of this bear. And 
I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they communicated because we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have texts. We didn't, you, you couldn't do any of that. And on our way home, because this was right around Christmas time, on our way home, they surprised me by giving me the bear. And Aww. I have him to this day. He was, he was Aww. my lovey all through, you know, when I was eight and nine and 10, he is still sitting on my nightstand today and he's in pretty good shape, all things considered. So yeah, the 1979 edition by Eden Toys of Paddington Bear. All right. Thank you very much. Outstanding. Specificity. (laughs) Chip, your choice. All right. Continuing uh, with specificity. Um, I was big into Star Wars toys, obviously. Um, But one of my favorite Star Wars toys was one of the few that I had that was for some reason at my grandmother's house, not my own. Uh, She lived across the street. It was easy enough to get there. But for some reason, I kept the 1979 Kenner Star Wars droid factory at uh, my grandmother's house. It's one of the more obscure uh, Kenner uh, Star Wars toys. It is part of the three and three quarters inch uh, uh, collection of things. And what it was, was it was this big plastic playset, kind of a tray kind of thing with a uh, crane in it and pegs for your Star Wars action figures. But it was a bunch of... Uh, it was a tray tray full of legs and wheels and sensors and rubber pegs for connecting. And it was how you could build your own wildly not canonical, um, <laughs> never appeared on in the movies, droids. Um, except that if you followed the instructions carefully to pit the pit to use all of the pieces to complete five droids, one of them was an R2-D2. And it was the only way that in the 1970s and 80s, it was the only way that you could assemble an R2-D2 and scale with your other action figures that had three legs. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... The Kenner, oh, Kenner Star Wars toys were, you know, wonderful. I, I, I was, af- I was desperately afraid that somebody was going to uh, choose the whole line. I wanted to get mm-hmm. this obscure one, and though it was an assembler toy of, uh, uh, it was a construction toy, and it gave me my three-legged R two D two. I love it. This is this is what mm-hmm. killed the Micronauts, Chip. Clearly. <laughs> or, or, or I could restate it. it. It probably scratched the exact same itch that the Micronauts did in terms of uh, assembling and, and mixing and matching toys. It's great. But unlike the Micronauts, they weren't afflicted with a witch's curse that uh, doomed all the companies. That <laughs> no, th- all those companies they made lots of money. Everyone. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, though. Maybe maybe, maybe I was subtle. Maybe for some reason I thought that they had a witch's curse, which is why I m- made it stay at my grandmother's house instead of my own. Who knows? <laughs> no, it just gave you something to do special. with grandma's house. Yeah, exactly. It makes it special yeah. to have that toy there. Grandparent house toys is a thing, people. Let me oh, tell you. Yeah, that's oh, a whole God, separate yeah. Totally. Yeah. It really oh, it's a whole, whole separate I have a story genre. about that, but well, I'll, I'll say <laughs> it. Story for another because... time. Monty, your choice. Uh, my waterfall was a grandparent's house toy, and so was this one. Mm-hmm. But first, in 1933, <laughs> Werner Heisenberg <laughs> gave a speech. Oh. <laughs> And one of the people listening to that speech was a Dane named Piet Hein. And Heisenberg uh, apparently just 
said, and a cube, you can divide it into smaller cubes. <gasps> and Piet Hein said, huh. And I guess he was not listening to the lecture at this point. He's heard of doodling. And he came out with these uh, basically- Warner three- Heisenberg dolls. You touch them in the stomach <laughs> and they say things. I'm <laughs> uncertain about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Piet designed what are essentially 3D Tetris shapes is the easiest way to describe them. And he called them a Soma cube. And it rules. Uh, basically, it's um, seven shapes. There's one shape that's three cubes in an L. And then there's shapes that are four cubes connected in different ways. And... You can make them into a three by three cube or make them into other shapes. And they're so fun. I found these at my grandmother's house and was obsessed with them for an entire week. My grandparents had, I'm looking it up. My grandparents totally had these two. I, those are awesome. They're so much fun. I promise. Mm -hmm. Weren't Soma cubes what they ate in uh, Brave New World? Also, <laughs> sure. uh, yes, also that. <laughs> Those okay. Soma capsules, perhaps, oh, or, or liquid, Soma liquid Soma. Are people. <laughs> They're people, I tell you. They're people. Oh, my cubes are people. Uh, referencing another incomparable episode. Phil, it's your choice now. Thank you, Monty. <clears throat> so you've you've um, you've just finished your your game of uh, uh, Sabudio. Sub Sub mm -hmm. Yeah, Sabudio. Easy to say. You're, you've worked up a man-sized thirst or a kid-sized thirst. You're pushing those, that giant ball around. Mm -hmm. I want a ding-dang snow cone, and I want it to come from the Snoopy oh, snow cone machine that yeah. I never yes, got. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, yes. I also didn't have one. Yes. Oh. You, take, you, you got Snoopy on top of his doghouse. You lift Snoopy out. There's a little hole. You put it in the ice cubes. You put Snoopy back in. You grind up the ice cubes. They come out into a little cup. And then you use a, f a flavor uh, thing. And I uh, imagine these must taste like the most delightful thing yeah. on earth. Whenever <laughs> I go to a restaurant, mm -hmm. when I go to a restaurant and they bring out dessert and there is not a Snoopy snow cone on the menu, I say, ah. Well, what a disappointing <laughs> meal this will be. And um, you sound fun. So, so um, uh, yeah, Snoopy snow cone Snoopy machine. I would like that cone. too, please. That would be the dessert after you get your um, cake from the Easy Bake Oven. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. It's your palate cleanser. Right. There you go. Well, I guess it's like the Easy Bake cake would be a dessert. Well, we're going to do like a cornbread or something that's a little bit lighter <laughs> for the Easy we Bake Oven. <laughs> and I don't Chocolate, know. Period. It's all desserts all the way down at this restaurant. Annette, it's your turn. Okay, so you know when you're, it's Christmas and the biggest present under the tree is for you and it's going to be a very good Christmas and you open it up and it's everything you ever wanted. It is the Barbie Star Traveler Motorhome, which has been alluded to, but not yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm old enough that this was yellow. It was not pink as much Barbie stuff is now, but it had little drop down beds that you could put up and down. It had like mm -hmm. a little patio set you could set up around or on top of the motorhome. And you know, I, mm -hmm. unlike Kelly, I am a Barbie girl. I'm such a Barbie <laughs> girl. So I love my Barbies for a very long time. And I loved this motorhome for ages. It was very good. I did have the yellow one. And yeah. uh, it just, uh, 
many years later, it just made Spaceballs extra hilarious to me <laughs> because this was the only thing I had that would hold a bunch of Barbies and also Princess Leia at the same time and to go off and have adventures. And mine was also the big yellow one. Yeah, classic. I think vehicles are mm. my fondest Barbie memories. Most of the Barbie stuff was my sister's. She had a, I think I had a Barbie camper and a Barbie beach bus, and she had like the dream house and most of the dolls, but we'd put the Barbies and the G.I. Joes together and we'd ride them around. Mm -hmm. We had the camper, which had a little tent in the back, and we had the beach bus, which had little camp chairs she could sit on. We had all sorts of adventures. The, the Barbies would sit in the back. There was a, a fold-out flap in the back that had a little sink so you could like pretend that you were calling people for dinner and then everybody would show up and have you have a meal on my mm -hmm. twin bed or my sister's twin bed. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm realizing that that what happened and now now I realize this is that Tonka feeling left out made a Winnebago, a metal Winnebago that was the right scale <laughs> for Barbie and Star Trek toys, of course. Um and and sold it, I think without the license. Maybe it, it was not a Barbie it was a Winnebago is all. So they got the Winnebago motorhome license, very important for toys because the official Barbie motorhome was a yellow plastic motorhome. That's this one that Annette's picking. So right. I, I think at motorhome. the time they were, they were still separate companies. So yeah, it would have been. Yeah. I think, I think unrelated. That, that was a, uh, yeah, but you can see the meeting where it's like, Oh, these kids got these dolls. Let's uh, oh, yeah. make a motorhome for the dolls, but we won't yeah. pay for the doll license, we'll just make a motorhome that's the right no. size. Tonka toys mm -hmm. were very much heavy duty, though. They whereas were. Barbie toys were very plastic. Yeah, that like, was a I serious had this, Winnebago. I had a Tonka fire truck that you could actually plug into your fire hose, your your fire hose, your water hose in the backyard. And it <laughs> oh had, wow! It was, it, but it was really amazing. heavy duty and full, all made of metal. It puts out and the uh, Easy Bake Oven the fires. Barbie <laughs> How'd you know? And then the Barbie ones were all sort of plastic and vinyl and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. That Winnebago is pretty amazing. It's pre it, we're pretty awesome, right? But I mean, yeah. But not unbranded. I would have been really happy Just with that. Winnebago branding. You know, there's like, a, yeah. there's like a shower in there, you know, Kevin Kirk can rinse off after a day at climbing <laughs> mountains. A busy and day. Yosemite. Fighting Gorn. Fighting Gorn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I will end the second round with my pick, which is I, I was racking my brain and then suddenly I thought, what was the, what was a toy that I was obsessed with that I, I was completely obsessed by? And people may not remember this, except the people on this panel who obviously will, that <laughs> often what you would get is like, it, it was a toy that you could only get if you collected like box tops or mm. other kind of credits and then you mail it in and it would always say that it would be eight to 12 weeks for delivery. Yeah, yeah, like like mm -hmm. Wondar, the, the Wonder Bread exclusive mail order masters of the universe. Exactly. Guy. And, and uh, I'll tell you, because I looked this up, this was the summer of 1977, so I was a six-year-old kid. And eight to 12 weeks for delivery is like your whole life passing by waiting oh, for yeah. this thing. Mm -hmm. So when I purchased, and, and I looked this up, it was a collection of cereals that you needed to get the box tops from, including Trix, uh, and I forget one one of the other ones that I also I also would get cereal of. But I'm informed Apple Jacks, Corn Pops. Yeah, but the monster cereals were also available. I did not get the monster oh. cereal. Oh, count count Chocula. So it's General Mills then. Yeah, yeah. You could you could send in five or six or whatever proofs of purchase from cereals, and in eight to twelve weeks, you would receive the. 1977's finest, the Battlestar Galactica Mail Away Space Station Kit. 
which promised you essentially a Battlestar Galactica-themed Viper cockpit so you could have your own adventures flying a spaceship through the power of imagination. And uh, I waited 8 to 12 weeks. It was the longest 8 to 12 weeks of my young life. I just, every day it was like, did I get anything in the mail? No, you did not get anything in the mail. But eventually it came. <laughs> it was it's two it, it's in a in an envelope because it's just paper. But it was two kind of like cardstock things that you could fold together that made like the cockpit of the Viper. And then there was also an instruction manual, but the the assembly instructions were on one page. There's a YouTube video that actually takes one of these and puts it together. Um but you could uh the rest of the manual was very cleverly like you could log like planets you visited in your spaceship. It's very cute, very adorable. Mm -hmm. And then there were like little cards that were like missions. So, so it was like a little uh, prompt for your adventure imagination where it would be weirdly shaped because it was Battlestar Galactica. So nothing had right angles. It was all like, like triangles and things. Um, where you could be like investigate this planet or go look for this star or whatever. But it was again, trying to get the imagination. I will say, for a thing that I had to wait eight to 12 weeks for, and it seemed like forever. And and then you get it, and it's literally just some things made out of heavy paper. <laughs> um, I remember- The same cereal it. box you cut up to mail away for? I mean, basically. Yeah. I, I remember I, I got, we had a box. We had like a big box that like an appliance came in. And I remember going outside into the box with the console and putting it in there. And then that was my spaceship <laughs> and having mm. many adventures. And, and isn't it, isn't the imagination of a six year old kid. Amazing is really what I'm here to say. Bad on imagination. your own imagination. Great Jason. on imagination. I am drafting the <laughs> Battlestar Galactica mail away space station kit, eight to 12 weeks for delivery. It was amazing. Um, can you also draft the box? But that, amazing. The appliance boxes? And the cardboard. Because, yes. Yeah. And a cardboard box. Because those boxes box, were amazing. A yeah. cardboard box to put it in. Yeah. To fly it. Right? Exactly. That was the chassis yeah. of, the, of, the, of the spaceship. Uh, that's my choice, believe it or not. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, we're going to go around very quickly one last time. Uh, if you've got, uh, if you want to list more than one thing, you can, but you just got to do it real fast. So consider this a bring out your dead round if you want to, please very quickly, because we've been doing this for quite a while, but I would like to hear a little bit more about toys that you want to remember. Shelly. Sorry, I have more than one, but my theme was toys I wanted but did not personally own. And then it came out to, <laughs> then it came out to became uh, toys that were somewhat dangerous. So I'll combine the two and bring out your dead. I really wanted the Barbie Dreamhouse my sister had. I really mm. wanted the G.I. Joe helicopter my best friend had. Uh, I really wanted the Creepy Crawler workshop that David almost sniped oh. before by mentioning mm. it randomly. Uh, and then I also... <laughs> Then I also wanted the Matchbox parking garage with elevator that my best friend had. Oh, <gasps> oh yeah. I remember that. Oh, that yeah. thing is cool. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. yeah. 
with elevator ramps ramps Mm. pretty 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 sweet pretty sweet lisa all right i guess my unintentional thing theme was toys that brought me a tremendous amount of joy even though objectively they're kind of dorky um the latest (laughs) is the crayola caddy from the 1980s which was this magnificent crayola yellow plastic extruded plastic thing on a lazy susan and you could neatly organize by rainbow your tempura paints and your watercolors and your crayons and your crayola markers and then just sort of whirl them around and do gorgeous you know multimedia type type art projects when you were stuck at your grandparents for a week during thanksgiving i love that thing in a way that is probably all out of proportion to how much fun it actually is um that that is my bring up my dead that's fair Uh, Kelly Uh, I had crossbows and catapults which was a game that I Mm -hmm. uh, deeply deeply coveted and actually ended up being available the following Christmas and somehow I ended up with one and you had a tower like a, a little piece of a castle turret and then a flag on top and then it was up to you to build the kind of wall that you wanted and then Uh, Each person had a rubber band powered catapult and a rubber band powered crossbow. And you had these little discs and uh, like one side was red and one side was blue. And then Mm -hmm. you shot yours at the other person and tried to knock the flag over. And my brother and I played so much of that game um it was super duper fun and uh i i remember that one also probably could put people's eyes out and they needed to do a board probably um like we never ended up doing that that wasn't ever how my brother injured himself with any toys um but it was another one where uh the commercials were inescapable which is probably a huge part of why i wanted one so very very desperately uh i also had micro machines uh specifically battlestar galactica all right micro machines uh because those were super duper awesome even though uh i don't know that i was necessarily the target demo when those actually came out because they were for the new iteration of battlestar galactica uh but i also had the the ones from the 90s that were the uh star wars ones where you would get like the death star you know on the outside but you would open it up and it would be something different inside and some of those were pretty cool like there was like a uh um a bantha that like opened up and was a different thing inside and so some of those were were super fun and i think i still have some of those in a box uh my my last pick was uh my introduction to uh, it's it's weird, it's it's inexplicable, but also adorable, and from Japan. And so uh, this started my sort of low-key obsession with all sorts of adorable but unexplainable Japanese things, and that is Manchichi. Oh, oh Manchichi! Manchichi! Oh, so soft oh, so and cuddly! With the song, <laughs> and hey, it sucked it. Can, oh, hey, all those stories about how advertising... Uh, controls children's minds it's <laughs> true <laughs> man totally it's true, true. It totally does. Play, play, play back the last 15 seconds of this oh, yeah they do if you don't believe <laughs> like, it like yeah. decades go by i won't have seen seen an ad mm-hmm. and i'll catch it on youtube and go oh mm-hmm. my god so i'm telling you the, the 70s toy commercial yeah. reels on youtube are the best I mean, oh, they, oh, they came they and, yeah. and they came yeah. correct like can you sing a jingle for a toy now you can't um I will also point out that uh, you can still buy a Manchichi to this day. Uh, so that was sort of the bonus of, of that pick is that you can still get one of those 
weirdo little dollies with, that are monkeys. like super soft you know, but hard <laughs> also hard plastic you know why you can buy one today because with his thumb in his mouth he's really neat and it's fun to fiddle with his tiny little feet see <laughs> our parents weren't wrong it'll rot your brains uh-huh. our brains are all rotted okay it really really thank well. you kelly that was amazing uh moises what uh, what do you have left if you bring out your dad's had I had a, a proper third pick, uh, it was it was brief. Um, it, probably my most controversial thing I'm I'm gonna pick yet because it comes from a toy line that I have derided, many people have derided, uh, that fills landfills in this country, <laughs> in many other countries, I'm sure. Um, and it comes from the world of Funko Pop, oh. which. Oh no! I don't love the aesthetic. Uh, I don't love the aesthetic. Uh, I don't love the aesthetic. But here's the thing. <laughs> I, I was listening back to a few episodes of The Incomparable, and I had that urge to go and buy a piece of uh, of, of toy representing a, a favorite piece of media. It comes from the world of the Muppets. As Monty has noted, it's important to note which snouth you're referring to when oh. you're referring to a snouth. Funko Pop made a snouth pop 10 years ago. You know how much you can buy it for aftermarket on Walmart.com? $387. Oh, no. It is, oh uh, it is never averaged uh, less than a $50 price tag, but, but at its low, you could get them for 8 bucks. So my third pick was going to be <laughs> the Snouth Funko Pop um, in, in the spirit of, oh, a, a toy that I wish I had that I, that I didn't get to have. Um, so th- so that's, that's, that's my, my trilogy of incomparable related toy picks. Thank you. Um, incomparable adjacent uh, I guess related. Uh, I, I just listed a, a couple little things. Um, over Christmas last winter, my girlfriend and I had an incredibly great time putting together the Lego BD one star Wars set. BD one is a droid that comes from the Lego or not Lego, uh, star Wars, Jedi fallen order and Jedi survivor games. Um, who is uh, one of the great star Wars droids. Trust me, you would love him if you love star Wars droids of any kind. Um, he has a little drawer that pops out of his head that you can hide stuff in. It's great. Um, similarly, as we speak, uh, here in the U S target has an exclusive collab set with Lego and super Mario brothers. It's a piranha plant in a green pipe and it's great. Uh, and, and, uh, and you should grab them before they go for collector's prices. Um, I mentioned the big advances in action figure, you know, face likeness and that sort of thing. Uh, a couple of my favorite recent Marvel legends line figures, um, I, I, uh, I, I have, uh, I have, uh, 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 Jimmy Woo from WandaVision, uh, and he, he actually looks like the dad from fresh off the boat, not, uh, the dad from fresh off the boat, you know, like put through a washing machine or something. Um, <laughs> similarly, uh, I, I have, I have a classic Loki that looks like Richard E. Grant did oh, playing in Loki season one oh, and man. you can still readily get this thing. Like it, it's 25 bucks. Go get it. it. It is one of the coolest things. Okay. And then uh, oh, no. the the other thing they've started doing with the Marvel Legends line is they've broken them out to sublines. So they have a Spider-Man line and they did a series of across the Spider-Verse figures that, again, they're like 25 bucks. And they they I, I'm never going to spend the hundreds of dollars those hot toy things cost, um, but they are incredible quality compared to what I grew up with. 
and you can get Spider-Punk and Spider-Man 2099 aftermarket, but as I understand it, they're going to another production run with them. Um, but in addition to those, they've also done a run of X-Men 97 figures based on the X-Men animated series from the 90s that is coming oh, no. back with a revival next year. Um, and and those are being readily restocked. Um, Lisa, uh, don't tell Phil, but that means that you could get a Gambit action figure for him. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what, Gambit, Gambit right here on my desk, share, right next to a giant-sized man thing. <laughs> I, I assumed Gambit was the Phil Hartman of this draft. We were all everybody gets a Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when there were Gambit action figures where the trench coat was a was a sheet of plastic yeah. wrapped around a toy. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, thank you, David. What's left? Uh, well, in the uh, toys that I always wanted as a child, the Play School Gilligan's Island floating playset for the bath. <laughs> oh, I wow. don't know why. I just wanted that when I was yeah, really sure. Um, when uh, Star Wars hit and all my friends had Star Wars action figures, I said, I want, I want Star Wars action figures. And my grandmother uh, went again, Christmas shopping, um, and wound up getting me a full set of Battlestar Galactica action figures, <laughs> which were somehow less interesting. But as part of that, they did get me the colonial scarab which was it had wheels it like drove on a planet supposedly and and it but it was one of the missile firing toys and they uh, managed yes. to get it before they were all yes, recalled right. oh so that was yeah. kind of wild yeah nice. yeah Battlestar um, galactica had the viper that would shoot and a yeah. uh, cylon thing a that cylon the, one. the yeah. wings would fly off it there were a bunch right. of um right. uh, micronauts too that were right in that era where they had the things that fired and then if you bought it too late the things uh would not fire they would stick out but then they would oh, not go yeah, any yeah. further because right. of choking hazards, you know, because uh, five kids died yeah. or something. I don't know. And uh, I did have the Fisher-Price Sesame Street playset with mm. the classic style Fisher-Price figures that mm -hmm. you can't get mm. anymore because they do the mm. wide, weird looking ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but my favorite strange, again, very specific, and it is a tie-in. Um, I had the Space 1999 Moonbase Alpha playset with the, quote, intelligent talking computer mm -hmm. and then action figures of Martin Landau, Barbara Bain, and Barry Morse, which those are weird actors to have action <laughs> yeah. figures. Yeah, I would say. And, Kid, and they kids were can't all... get enough of that Martin Landau. Martin Landau, <laughs> Martin Landau man. And, but they, and they were literally Barbie-sized. Um, but it was all first season figures and that's when the second season where they changed all the look of it and killed off barry morse and it 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 was hard to play with after that i want to yeah. play mr leonard in north by northwest i want to play <laughs> <Mr>. <laughs> i was gonna say i prefer the, the string i prefer the the martin landau and crimes and misdemeanors action figure it's oh yeah those i was gonna go a great classic he just he just sits there and mourns about mortality yep. Yeah, I was going in action figure, but you know, either yeah, way. <laughs> more like an inaction figure. All right, thank you, David. Those were exactly as expected, <laughs> but great. Uh, um, <laughs> <Chip>. But great, <laughs> but great. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, David's uh, gonna pick. You're not gonna believe this. Space 1999 and Gilligan's Island. Of course he is. Of course, of course he is. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> no Chip. Barnaby Jones action figures. <laughs> Someone's got to be making Columbo those. action figure. Was there not a super train train? 
Come on. I think it, it, Kolchak the Night Stalker with action hat. Didn't last long enough. <laughs> no, uh, David uh, David sent away for the eight to 12 weeks to get the fish figure from the Barney Miller set. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was the longest summer there, ever. You, could, you can just canceled. get him to walk to the bathroom and yep. back. But he was just paper. Yep. Yeah. He was okay. just paper, though. Chip. All right. Well, one uh, one description of a toy that is absolutely not nostalgic, except it is. Um, when I was a kid, it, this is a deep cut for people who listened to the Voltron Legendary Defender stuff on the TV channel. But when I was a kid, I wasn't into the Lion Voltron. I was one of those weirdos who was into Vehicle Voltron. Yeah, uh, such a weirdo. Bond Vehicle Bond- Force. <laughs> yes. Bandai um, has a line of very expensive adult collector uh, giant robot uh, toys called Soul of Chogokin, if I'm pronouncing it right. And they came up when, w- with one for uh, Vehicle Voltron, a.k.a. Armored Fleet Dairaga, uh 15. Um, uh, and it is, uh, it is way expensive. It is unlike any of the Vehicle Voltron toys of my youth in that it is actually posable. Um, mm. And uh, it, I spent way too much for it, but it is absolutely feeding my childhood nostalgia and... Uh, Voltron stands over my uh, MacBook with his sword protecting me even to this day. Um, I, I, also- I, jo- I joke about the Vehicle Force thing, but I had those original Vehicle Force uh, toys, and you're not wrong, man. You tried to pose that thing, you're just trying to make it fall over. Exactly. Right. Um, rapid Fire Dead. Um, uh, the 12 inch an- 12 inch Kenner Star Wars action figures, specifically Darth Vader and R two D two, which were just absolutely unlike the uh, the the small action figures. These actually resembled uh, the, uh, the, the, the the figures. Um, also in Figure Land, um, character options Doctor Who action figures. There's a real long line of those five inch suckers with real deep cuts for the modern and the classic series. Uh, I have spent a lot of money on their um, <laughs> on them. Um, uh, Transformers. My son, my brother was uh, four and a half years younger than me, so I benefited greatly from toys that I was too supposed to be too old to play with. Transformers <laughs> Jetfire from 1985, which was actually oh. a, uh, a a remold of a uh, Japanese Robotech toy. Um, it had spring-loaded landing gear that hurt your fingers doesn't matter um and uh light bright oh light bright oh, making yeah. things oh, with yeah. light light bright, bright. bright. Yeah. Yeah. that was on my my list i love That's that right. we started with incandescent <gasps> bulbs we're ending with incandescent mm-hmm. bulbs right um i use them to make all kinds of spaceship control panels and they use it to make the entire set of larry king live so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, did, I mean, every kid who grew up in the 70s would look at Larry King huh. live and be like, look, light bright. Light bright. That's there were a was. lot of things I expected. I did not expect a Larry King. Larry King. Light bright. <laughs> well, it's light bright. Yeah. If, you, if somebody said to light me, bright. toy draft, Larry King, and I'd be like, oh, light bright. Toledo, <laughs> you're here. Yeah, that's right. Um, you're on with light I'll bright. take my answer off the air, Larry. Continuing the uh, 70s construction toys theme, Puzzle Town, adapted from Richard Scarry's Busy Town. Oh. All of those Richard oh, Scarry yeah. characters like Huckle oh, yeah. Cat and yeah. Lowly Worm. Mm-hmm. Um, Goldbug. Uh, 
lowly yeah. worm, king among worms. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, <laughs> so uh, plastic bases and thick cardboard uh, walls and plastic roofs and egg cars and donut cars and apple yep. cars. Um, my childhood, and apple finally, cars. the Spock helmet. Oh, the Spock helmet! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> greatest media tie-in ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, because they didn't they had never seen star trek but they had these helmets so they put a sticker on it that said spock and that spock helmet it's been it's been referenced in comics and and lower decks lower decks yeah Uh, it's canonized now it's been canonized yeah which is bananas my my headcanon when i first saw it was that that he wore it a lot off screen in yes, other scenes. <laughs> exactly. Talking to Chekhov in season one, very far off yeah. screen. All yeah. right, Monty, <laughs> what do you have left? Uh, well, David, I think it was, that mentioned toys that shot things. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I want to uh, briefly mention my favorite toy that I didn't have, the two-foot-high Shogun Warriors. Oh, yeah. Where, oh, yeah, yeah. The oh. fist would shoot out, and oh, yeah. they were cool. Everything mm-hmm. on these things would shoot out. <laughs> also, they now make a Skeletor Shogun Warrior. <gasps> oh no! Yeah, my, cool. One of my one of my Micronauts friends, Brandon, he had the two foot high Shogun Warrior, and it was oh. awesome. Whoa! <laughs> Those made you king of all toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best toy I ever got as a child, I will, was the uh, Star Wars action figure size Millennium Falcon. Oh, I remember mm-hmm. opening that and just. Oh. Mm-hmm. playing with it forever mm-hmm. until my mother one day gave away all of my action figures. Oh, <sighs> until that's that sad. Day. Oh. Oh, and man. also, um, you guys know these things, they're like two feet high, there might be a skeleton or like a dancer and you push a button on the bottom and they collapse because there's strings in them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, this is my problem. I like toys that are hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what they were. I just remember them, yeah. We had a like a bird, a stork or something. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. one that was like a robot or something. And yeah, you press the little bottom of the base yeah. and it just collapses like it's it uh, just made fell out over. of. Uh, it's like there were a bunch of, of them at the dime store where we'd shop. Like they just all sorts of little characters. I think there were Disney characters and yeah, you know, various other. And it was like not much fun after you did it a couple of times. It was like okay, I've seen them collapse. Oh, I disagree. That's why I'm picking them. You could push them in different places, and the the strings would do different things. So you could eventually, if you spent a long time at them because your parents were ignoring you, you could uh, learn to make it do a little dance. Oh wow! I love Monty's <laughs> stories, and I agree with him. They were great. Yeah, if you if you take enough time, they unfold. Okay. Uh, yes. Phil, what about you? Well, I could continue to talk about the things that I I didn't get. Like, but hey, uh, Phil, you got that Gambit <laughs> toy you're getting, so well, you there is. That. It's gonna be great. There is that. Um, but um, like the you know the the I, I didn't get the Millennium Falcon. I would have liked that to go with my other Star Wars stuff. I I I could have used uh, in television as a kid because I like playing Pitfall when I went to my other oh, friends' yeah. homes. Pitfall was on twenty six hundred. Yeah, that was. 2600 it was also on the intellivision oh okay yeah all right look it up okay look it up mm-hmm. the, your consoles they got to make their it money was on, it was somewhere. on both activision was loyal to no man no somewhere steve lutz is <laughs> shouting at the podcast agreeing with you mm-hmm. yes <laughs> but um i i want to talk about some of the things that i was favored with i had the play school mcdonald's play set 
Um, yes. Yes. Was, oh, yeah. Because you know, were cool. Who? Yeah, they were cool. But who doesn't the dream trays of? And the, who, yeah, who doesn't yeah. dream of like running your own Bussing little tables. McDonald's? <laughs> and I had the my my grandmother gave me an ABC Monday Night Football truck. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not a blimp. Yeah. But a truck. <laughs> no, the truck. <laughs> the truck that would drive around. Little you... anchors inside it, so you. Could no, they didn't. This was. A, did this she, was did the she pro- sing the theme song to oh, me when she, she gave it to you? She did not. It was the production <laughs> truck, so the anchors wouldn't have been sighted. Instead, it would have been like the the director. Rune Arledge action figure. Yes, Chet was inside directing the football and and betting on games, and so and also the. 19, uh, 1970s Pete Rose baseball score score baseball game Whoa. because what ch- child does not want to grow up worshiping Pete Rose and um, the 19 this this was a game my parents got me um, and I, I still don't understand it it was called Worm Wrestle and um, it was a Parker Brothers game and you had a little wrestling ring with a, a metal rod in the middle and you had these metal uh, multicolored worms and you would bet on which worm was thrown out of the ring first as the as the thing spun around <laughs> hmm that sounds amazing <laughs> yes Worm you- Wrestle Pete Rose would love to bet on the yes. winning, the winning <laughs> worm. Because with your rock'em sock'em robots, get all your pugilistic sports. Oh, rock'em involved. sock'em robots. No, no, that's decadent. We're a wrestling <laughs> place. <laughs> Great. We're a wrestling house. <sighs> Annette. Okay. To continue the theme of things I wanted but didn't have, the Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> I know everyone had one except for me, I think. <gasps> More importantly, the Playmobil pirate ship. We had a lot of Playmobil. We had friends with the pirate ship, and it was amazing. Mm. I long for that. Something made in this century. What? <laughs> the Lego typewriter, which I just got as a present from <gasps> Nick, and it's amazing. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, it's I love it so much. And and uh, it, what what is it? Mo- is it is it modeled after like a Hermes three thousand or something? I, 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 it probably Sorry, tells I'm me all the typewriter. details. Yeah. Yeah. But a different podcast, it, the typewriter yeah. <laughs> addict. Yes, but it type. You can press the keys and it makes things move, and it's all very exciting. Uh, well, and that's my Christmas last, list sorted. Um, I'm popping one in just because Chip reminded me when he said uh, big wheel. We also had a GT snow racer, which is probably not relevant for everyone. But in Canada, if you had a GT snow racer, you or the coolest kid on Toboggan Hill. Oh, wow. So it's like a tricycle, but it's got skis on it. Yeah, it's got little skis and you sit on it and it has a steering wheel. And then like it has like two side skis and a front ski that steers. And it's pretty (sighs) lethal because you can totally run over people and you have it had brakes ish. But uh, yeah, it was was, just a little lever down on the right. Yeah, Yeah, basically. (laughs) You you push with your foot and it might slightly slow you down as you run over someone. That's uh, Uh, That's what they refer to as the drift. Yeah, action is a lot more interesting on snow. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. All right, my that is my list. I had two that were kind of like in contention to actually be picked. One is Phil mentioned the Intellivision earlier. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred itself is it a toy? Yeah, I mean it is of a sort. My dad didn't want to buy it for us because he said he he thought it would break the TV. Never really understood that. I, I, I tried oh, wow. to prove that it would uh, not break the TV. You'd have too much fun with the TV. The TV would get worn out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, or or we did, dad couldn't watch TV if you were playing on it. We, we, yeah, we, we, did, end up, we did end up yeah. uh, uh, getting one, and uh, that was amazing. 
and uh, but but I also gave some thought to picking the Sears Roebuck catalog lime <gasps> limo go kart baby. Oh, wow. a, a a chainsaw I... engine on the back of a cart. That speaking of toys that could kill you. Yeah. When I, when I was a kid, it sounds I got a, like a thing that can kill you, and then it's a different thing that can actually kill yeah. you. <laughs> uh, it, when I was a kid, I got a I got an electric scooter that I thought was going to be the most amazing thing in the world, and then we took it out on the driveway, and it went one mile per hour, and it couldn't get up the driveway. <laughs> it like couldn't get up an incline, and I was so disappointed. But then I, I did eventually, at I don't know what age, probably in an appropriate age, got the Lime Limo, which you got from the Sears catalog, and it was a metal frame with wheels and a like Husqvarna chainsaw. Uh, motor on the back and uh, I drove that thing uh, in circles around our driveway because uh, I lived out in the countryside so we had we had some space and uh, you could do yeah go on the dirt part and then you throw the brakes on and you kick up some dust and huh, as somebody who didn't get his driver's license until I was in college I spent a lot of time driving that go-kart let me tell you well, now we know why you didn't get your driver's license that until you were amazing. in college. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. It wasn't street legal. I couldn't take it with me to college, unfortunately. Wouldn't Details. I'm now picturing me driving the Lime Limo around my college campus, and that would have been amazing <laughs> too. But they would have, I would have gotten in big trouble. It was great. Was it in the toy <laughs> section of the catalog, or was it elsewhere? Because I don't know. Tell I you what. Sh- tell you what, Chip. Here's how I treated that catalog. Everything in it was Every, toys. Everything was yeah. toys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the lime limo. It was. Uh, it was green. Yes, it was. It was green. Um, and then I had a couple others. Um, <laughs> in the big wheel inspired me to write down. I had friends who had the uh, had a uh, a hoppity horse, which was just a little yeah. inflatable rubber thing that you could bounce on. There was the hippity, the hippity hop, hop, but the hippity hop was like if they cut the head off the hoppity horse and there was nothing yeah. left but a yeah. ring to hold on to. It's much less exciting than the than the, yeah. the hoppity horse itself. And then in the more generic category, because these all actually delighted me at one time or another as a child, a bicycle, a basketball, mm-hmm. and a football, but specifically a Nerf. Nerf football. Oh, Nerf football. Yeah. 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 Nerf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a red and white Nerf football. Nerf football. I, I'm I'm Best amazed gift. we got this far in before Nerf was invoked at all. Right. Did you guys also have the weird <laughs> kid in your neighborhood who bit a chunk out of Nerf footballs? Yes. Yeah. I think it was yeah. a nutritional some, imbalance. Some, you know, I have a name, Lisa. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this inaugural one time only, who knows, incomparable toy draft. I hope you enjoyed hearing about toys mostly from the 1970s. I guess it's just we're very Gen X here. Uh, and uh, and also Moises made lots of references to past incomparable things, which is great. And uh, and we a lot of us picked toys that we did not get because <laughs> those are the ones that really stick with you, right? They, they, yes. you, you get the, the one, one you get them, away. and you're like, well, this is okay, but it's a little disappointing. But if you never get it, you know what? It it never disappoints you. It, it lives in your dreams forever, uh, <laughs> just like their uh, TV jingles, which we've established also <laughs> live in your in your nightmares forever. Uh, let me thank my guests one last time. Shelley Brisbane, Lisa Schmeiser, Kelly Gamont, Moises Chuyan, David J. Lohr, Chip Sutterth, Monty Ashley, Philip Michaels, and Annette Weirstra. And thank you all out there for listening. Happy holidays. I hope you enjoyed the toy draft. We will see you again with something completely different, probably, next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>